another day, another dollar, at least it is for Pete because he's on a week-to-week contractual situation. I'm stuck here and obliged every single <laughs> week. I cannot move contractually. Anyway, Peter Hawley, welcome to Trash Talk. Another Mate, week. Another massive week of a lot of stuff happening, a lot of good stuff and a lot of interesting stuff, but a lot to talk about. Well, just before we came on here, so we had the whole show sorted, yep. the extensive rundown that we put together, and then bang, Matt Logue drops a bomb. Ooh. Illawarra Ooh. is back. The Hawks, formerly the artist formerly known as the Hawks, have bowed. Well, the fans have bowed to the hostage negotiation <laughs> tactics that the NBL put forward. Give us 5,000 members or whatever it is, and we'll give you name back, little beachside community. What and they're back. I love it. And Pepper Money had a bit to do with it. Their, their sponsor came on board, and it should have happened. They should be getting around this team anyway. you got Gorge back. They're playing well, from, really good. I imagine they, they are. I imagine they don't need too much motivation to it. But it for is. Sure. A, and, and I love it. I start the episode by cutting you off halfway again. <laughs> well, I just nearly lost my mind. dominance on the Von Hoff <laughs> late show. But it's fantastic. Look, mm. this team deserved it. And I don't agree with the tactics that the NBL used. Give us this amount of members and we'll give you your name back. Yeah. That's kind of strange. But I also... I. I, I there's certain aspects to it I like, that you've got to prove yep. that Illawarra wants this team. Correct. And by all reports, they do. And it also helps when you're playing as well as they are. Yep. Maybe not coming off a loss. Maybe they jumped the gun and thought, oh, now yeah. the season's about to go <laughs> downhill. <laughs> We've got to jump it on. But good stuff anyway. So Illawarra is back. And pack it out. The first game tomorrow night against Melbourne United up there. You want to see it packed out. They're a fun team to watch. Really exciting. Got Gorge. Hopefully everything gets around and this is just a whole other level for Illawarra. Well, that's the thing. It's like when we talk about, you know, Tasmania wanting a team. If you want a team, pack out the stands when, when the yep. jack jumpers get there. Yep. Prove that if you want an AFL team, you pack out an NBL stadium. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, oh, maybe this maybe this city likes sports. Yep. Maybe they deserve mainland things. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Over there in Tasmania. <laughs> it's the same with Illawarra. You want to keep this team? You want to make it Illawarra? Then make it your team. Pack out the stands. Get around Gorgon. And I have no doubt that they will do that, especially when you've got guys like Tyler Harvey running around there. You don't need too much motivation to get in the seats. But anyway, one guy that probably won't be around Ooh. to celebrate the Illawarra stuff is Donald Sloan. Oh, one in. <laughs> Name in, player out. Name in, player out. Now... It's a tough one. Just didn't live up to expectation. Obviously, stuff off the court as well. But come on. Foot injury. Mm. Released due to a foot injury. You don't buy it. How stupid do you think we are? Adelaide's one of the most cuey, like most cluey NBL audiences out there. I don't think they're buying the foot injury. This guy's released that I don't want him on the team anymore. Obviously, he didn't want to be there from the start, it seemed. Mm. But gone. And I don't mind I don't know if he didn't. He played really well in the preseason. He showed a lot he of flashes. Right, it, it, just, it, it wasn't working. When he was off the court, they seemed better. And there's a lot that happens and it goes into it. And you're right, I think he got to the point where he, they just have to make a decision sooner rather than later. It is a long season, but we know how hard it is to kind of change, especially imports, in a season like this. And, and we've seen, I saw a couple of tweets about certain oh. players. And remember Adrius Delion? De yeah, and, he's ex- and, but ex- he played. Washington guy. And he played. He played his ass off as he well. He did. So it's kind of interesting to see that if that is the case, oh, I believe there was some sort of injury, whether it would have held him out or whatever, I'm not sure. But yeah. we look back at it as similar circumstances when you get told certain things, what happened. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I believe there wasn't some sort of injury, whether it kept him out, who knows. I yeah, I don't know. I, I think it just wasn't working and they've said, you know what, we'll, we'll take our time. The team's obviously playing a little bit better than expected. Mm. Josh Giddy's come out and played, in my opinion, above expectation. So they can afford to make some moves around that. And I think they look at they look at themselves right now and think we're a genuine playoff threat. So it's time to get someone in who's going to help us achieve that. Now, in the meantime, and there's been one of the NBL journeymen without actually playing a huge amount of NBL basketball is yep. Jeremy Kendall. He feels like he's been a stalwart of the NBL, even though he really hasn't played a huge amount in the league because he's come in time and time again and produced yep. as an injury replacement player. Is he of import standard? I, I wouldn't say he's a 
top-level import by yep. any stretch, but he comes in and does his job. And you're not paying him Donald Sloan money. You're paying him on the import minimum. So I'm quite happy. I think if Jerry, Jeremy Kendall's available, then go for it. You look at the injury replacement Dexter Kearney's Drew for Sydney. These guys aren't expected to come in and make an instant impact. Yep. You just want to fill that spot with a guy that you know is capable of playing NBL basketball, and Jeremy Kendall is that guy. He can score 20 on any given night. Yep. So if Adelaide need a scoring boost, which they don't really, they're doing pretty well on the offensive end at the moment, then bang, he can provide it. And I'm not sure it's going to be he's going to be locked in for the whole season. I think No, it's no, and it's not. This, this is, he's there they, until they can find a guy. From what I've heard, there are names. I haven't heard the names, but they're looking at some pieces. But it comes down to if they bring someone over has to quarantine, what kind kind of piece are you bringing in? Because now they're going to realise Josh Giddy's going to get the reins. So they want a piece that's not going to take away from what Giddy's already starting to build with Humphreys and Johnson. So Kendall's a great little fit for that meantime because who else are you going to get around there? I've seen your phone's been buzzing. If they're getting you back, there's something going on. So there's not many me pieces. Back right after the damage that I did to those rims, not of the dunk variety. <laughs> and, and they get me back in that city. And after the things that that crowd said to me during that game, oh, I wouldn't want to go back hostile. there anyway. Hostile. But they are, they're a cluey... Uh, yeah. team. So you can't be bringing this Donald Sloan stuff saying injury. They, they know what's going on. Don't try to lie to the public. Well, you know, you know you're, a, you're a lot smarter than that. You're yeah, on top of that. No, I'm on, I'm on top of it. But anyway, from one import that was just a little down on his luck to another one who's always dominant, Bryce Cotton, in my opinion, the best import that we have ever seen oh, in it. the NBL. And I know the old timers get really angry yep. when people say that, but I still think Bryce Cotton, recency bias, maybe best import that we've seen. Is this the year where we're starting to see maybe it's a little bit too much for him to handle and they need to find some sort of help from God knows where. But you look at him at the end of the game, it's sort of getting to the point where he's had two sort of crucial turnovers in the last couple of weeks. And and again, you put a good tweet out on it the other day. There's a reason we get so surprised when this happens. Yeah. Because he's the GOAT. He is. Of imports. But you watch him, he is, and he's gassed towards the end. He's gassed. Especially right now. Because they threw everyone at him. You know, Bubba was excellent going at him and just wearing him down. But he still made massive plays, hit those two threes. And you just see that it it is going to take its toll on him. And it's going to. And that's... That's, Who else is going to help them? And that's the thing. They really don't have any other weapons. They're, they're sort of they're, they're staying in games of being really competitive. You know, almost took down United purely because of that culture that they're built and everyone knows their role. And, and they still will Wildcat's going to yeah. Wildcat. They're going to win games like that. They're still a playoff threat. But I just I, I reckon this is the year where it's going to be really, really tough for Bryce. And we're starting to see that late game because there is a lot of weight on his shoulders at the moment. And with the roster they've got, what they need is Todd Blanchfield and Clint Steinle to knock down consistent shots so that you can't just help off them and let them get those wide open ones that they're missing. They've got to be knocking them down so that you can't just lock in and double team Bryce because of what's going to happen. Mooney's been great fine. He's going to be really good. But you see that he's got run. Bryce is running everywhere. Every single team's best defender is going to go at Bryce. He still had a massive game. He still had a massive game. We forget. Look, we talk on the turnover late game, the backcourt violation. We hit two threes before that just to send them, put them in that position. So again, we sort of, I just want to see Bryce at his best and I feel like it's almost unfair at the moment with how mm. much load is being placed on his shoulders. And is he going to get his citizenship? Can they bring another person in? We don't know yet, but I just wish there was another, and maybe it is Steindl stepping up, mm. but I don't think Steindl can create off the dribble that much. They need another person who can create legitimately off the dribble. And I've seen play in the past, I know it was a long time ago, but under 20s Nationals where Mitch Norton as a bottom age tore it up offensively. He has those skills and I think in the past, in the teams they've had, he hasn't didn't have to be an offensive threat. I think he has to this year. He's just yeah. got to have to be more offensively minded and getting still getting people involved, but really being aggressive and attacking just to take a little bit of pressure off Bryce. But Trev Gleason in timeout said, 
keep running exactly what we run, which is their flex offense. He goes, everyone knows it, but if they run it to a T, they've got all these different options. They haven't changed anything in 10 years, and they're still ev- as competitive as ever. Well, speaking of timeouts, there was one Ooh. last night that just – You're on fire with your segues. Had me. Oh, that was beautiful, yeah, wasn't it? Was, it? That was. You know how to ruin a good segue? Yeah. You bring up how good the segue is <laughs> as you're saying it. <laughs> but anyway, timeouts. Dan Shamir. Yeah, next play, boys, next play. Previous play. Previous play, play right. Now this is what the timeout is for. So start playing right. We've got to match up quicker. Let's go, let's go. Transition, boys. Come on. Next play, horn side. Let's go one play. Now what was Lamar Patterson looking at? Something in the ceiling? Something there? Eyes on the coach when he's talking to you first up. And I'm not here to tell Lamar Patterson how to act because I think we're both on the same page where we have some sympathy here. But New Zealand is a nightmare right now. Mm. What on earth is going wrong with this team? They have the talent, and I understand they're away from home, away from families and stuff like that. That is a nightmare situation, so I'm never going to come at individual players and say, you know, you're not not performing up to standard. But you look at what's happening with the Webster brothers, Mm. the amount of shots that they put up, and that's where we sort of have the sympathy for Lamar Patterson here. In no way is that how you act towards a coach or in a timeout, first off as an import on a team, and Dan Shamir is clearly getting sick of that. You've come into the season out of shape. But again, we'll maybe give that the benefit of the doubt because years gone past, you've come in out of shape and you've had a massive end of the season. He's also hasn't played as bad so far as some people have thought. <laughs> but Carl Beston put out a good tweet saying, if I wanted to watch two guys pass the, hit the ball between each other, I'd watch a tennis. Last night was Corey Webster and Ty Webster just loading up shot after shot, one for 12 from the three-point line. And you got Lamar Patterson just sitting there getting iced out of the game. Mm. So you can see where his frustration was. But what on earth are New Zealand going to do to fix any of this? Because that was that time out there leads me to believe, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping on sports bet and I'm getting them to finish last. That time out, I think, it was unfortunate because they just painted Lamar Patterson as a scapegoat. In They'd just given up like five open threes to Cairns to start the game. And Dan Shamir obviously had enough and it came off a bad rotation from Lamar Patterson. But... There's all the talk around Lamar. There's, there's going to be stuff going on between the ears for him mentally trying to get through this period because he's not only that hearing everything, he's got to try and get to find his role in a team that's dominated by the Webster brothers. It's no surprise. That's just how it is. So I think that was unfortunate that he was the scapegoat. He didn't like that. What he did do well was in the last quarter with the bench unit just turned the game around yeah. and got him back into it. But that's what – where are the role clarification for there's the no, This, this roster appears to be put together mm. in one of the worst sort of assemblings – that we've seen. Because you look at it talent-wise. It's phenomenal. Talent-wise, it's almost better than United when you yeah. look straight to the bottom. Well, that's what you said, pre-season. At the pre-season. Yeah. Better than United, potentially. Mm. Talent-wise, and I think Shamir's a good coach. I'm still not – because some rotations can sometimes be questionable, but I still think Shamir's a good coach. But it seems like you can't – Ty Webster and Corey – Webster, what did, Andrew, what did Gazy say last night? <laughs> they're, not, they're not there to lead the league in assists. No, and – I think, and right now there needs there needs to be some sort of I don't know what it is role clarification or what it is, but you can't go into a game and just heave 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 they heave, are, heave they are and elite, ice out the they're elite scorers elite eight, scorers but that's what you're gonna have off nights and there just was and they kept settling for those three so I, as I said like I would rather see them try and attack to create when it is an off night you just got to admit it's, it's enough it's but a then, tough one because I'm not gonna sit here and tell Corey and Ty Webster how to play no. Like, they're unbelievable players, but it's just a makeup thing. It's like, does it work having them both in there? Well, I think it's more when you bring, if you're going to keep bringing Lamar Patterson off the bench, it's hard because you bring Corey off the bench as well, who wants to find his groove is going as well. You've got to run something for him. You know what he's capable of. Just get the ball in his hands because he's unselfish. He gets everything rolling. But role clarity is what the break That's is. That's the need. role clarity because personally, need I like seeing Corey Webster at the, the helm of the ship. 
I had, running it. I had the breakers in the grand final series. Yeah. So right now I'm looking but, like, what's going on? Well, Colton Iverson can't jump over a phone book. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming at Lamar Patterson, but there's another import mm. there that's given us absolutely donuts. I think that the most underwhelming thing over the season so far has been New Zealand. Now, I'm not going to absolutely cave in on that and, and go nuts on it because they're playing away from their families and away from and home. And it's been four games. And it's been, a, yeah, it's only been four games. Yeah. Well. But that I doesn't think, usually stop me. No, we gotta, you got to put the nail down now. But I think <laughs> it's about, yeah, the role clarity. I, Colin Iveson, we talked about him, has big EuroLeague like, resume. Big EuroLeague numbers. He's I, got the resume to be a Jock Landale type guy, but it's like he clearly looks like he doesn't want to be there. Well, just that. And I don't know if he fits that breaker system the way they're playing right now. He definitely doesn't. So how do you get him to be integrated? How does he go against someone who's more agile and athletic in Cam Oliver? We're seeing it. So they've got to just find out how each player works. A couple of team meetings, a bit of a bonding sesh. Maybe that's what it but it's tough to have a bonding set. Like usually for a bonding session, you go away. That's exactly right. You're away the entire season. And that's why it's, I still think there's a chance that New Zealand turns this thing around because you look at the talent they've got. They've got good players. For you sure. just can't have that stuff in the timeout. For sure. You cannot have looking away, blah, blah, blah. Whatever's going on, you just cannot have that happening. For sure. And I, you can see that Shamir was getting, you wanted to stop his timeout and just say, what the f- is happening? Yeah, I think they'll, they'll be all right. They'll turn it around. I'm hoping. But it's hard on the road, but I, they've got the talent to do it. They've got the talent to do it. Anyway. Time for everyone's favourite segment, Shit Takes. Now, there's a lot. Let the dog off the leash here because there is too many to even fit into a graphic at the moment that we've seen around this, but it all stands around the NBL Cup. Mm -hmm. Now, you're on the inside. Mm. I'm an NBL outsider. Yes. An enemy of the regime at times. Maybe that's a bit extreme. But give us the rundown of why the NBL Cup is happening, where maybe some financial assistance is coming from. Well, the whole idea was originally. So I interviewed Jeremy Laliga courtside for Bendigo, and he was. It was originally designed as an insurance policy for having the hub in case anything happened. And we've seen state border closures, everything. What happened last year? They wanted to have something in place to get bulk games played, and then I believe that the the Vic government has said that we need people here to bring people back to Melbourne, and they're going to help out. They want sport back in Melbourne. People have quickly forgotten what Victorians went through last Mm. year. Very short memories over there. 118 days of stage four lockdown. For majority of 75% of that, you're allowed outside. Can you imagine me being with my thoughts in a room for that long? It's dangerous. Terrible. And so many people struggled. We lost the AFL grand final. We lost sport for so long. We lost civilization for so long. We couldn't do anything. Well, you were over there in WA, New South partying. Living life. Words of Ricky Martin, living La Vida Loca, I believe they were over in WA. never expect us to get that in there. But that's what I mean. People have quickly forgotten that we lost everything last year for so long. And whatever the reason was that we lost it, you blame whoever, we did lose it. We had to suffer through that. Yeah, and there was no sport. There was no public events for people to go to. Now... That aside, mm. am I right in saying the NBL would be receiving money from the Victorian government or subsidies on venue hire or on ticketing costs from the Victorian government? I don't have no. I would assume there'd have to be something there because Victoria, well, that's what I've been told. And there you go. And they want as pe- the outsider, as the enemy of the regime, I've been told that there is subsidies coming from the Victorian government. The Victorian government was keen on mm. having this. Well, you see all the social media like John Kane Arena, all that Vic uh, sports saying, come to Vic. No, they want people to come back to boost They want our people economy. to come in from and, Sydney, wherever. And you and can do that. That's the you whole point. You can do that. You can travel and do and it you get, in case things may change. You but get the shit takes. Tickets. The reason we have this mm. segment is the people saying, oh, this is the MBL. Larry just trying to get Melbourne United a few home games. Now, here's the thing. Here's Ooh. my answer to that. 
yeah, they're playing at home. They don't Melbourne United aren't controlling tickets. Everything is controlled by the NBL. But they say, oh, it's all to get Melbourne United a couple more wins. Do you have you seen Melbourne United's yeah. team? Yeah. Do you think they need a home game yeah. to beat New Zealand right now? Yeah. Do you need a home game to beat Adelaide to beat all these teams? No, they're going to wipe the floor with them because they're so damn talented. <laughs> Wherever they play, they can play in an outdoor court at MSAC. It doesn't matter. They're that good. You don't need to load up games because mm. Larry's got a stake. Larry is almost worth a billion dollars. Mm. He's not trying to rig this league so Melbourne United gets a couple more wins in the season. That is just ludicrous to think that would even happen. So people say, I hate it. And am I right in saying that this NBL Cup could be in a different state each year? Yeah. It's something that continues. Is that something that they want from, to build? That's something that genuinely wants to happen. They want it to happen every year. It's not going to be just here. So the, if they can bring it around and just say it might be a different timing, and I believe the timing aspect, people at like middle of the season, Australian Open dates changing had a lot to do with that because you've got venues. How's that going to work? But if this is something that goes every single year, yeah, they'd love to take it around, get it to Tassie one year, yeah. everything to just get it's around. Good. But So if this is in WA next year, are we going to say, oh, you know, just, no. like, just like people say, oh, there's home cooking for Perth mm. in Perth. Are we going to say, oh, the NBL just wants the Wildcats again? If it's in Sydney, are we saying that? No. The easiest. It's in Melbourne because it's able to be subsidised. They need sport in Victoria. Mm. Oh, I just cannot understand how people don't understand it. Also, this season could be, you never know what happens with COVID. What happens if this season's canned? Three games after the NBL Cup. Exactly. From a commercial standpoint, you've got a lot of games in there. Yep. You've been able to meet a lot of sponsorship quotas, mm. LEDs on the side of the court, decals. Mm. The league isn't made of money. People just seem to forget that all the time, that this is a league that is still on the rise yep. and we are in a COVID year. Mm. It just it absolutely shits me up the wall more than anything we've seen this year. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I'm, I cannot wait for the NBL Cup bulk games. Here's a little fact. Last year, Illawarra had the best NBL. away the best away crowd numbers, obviously the Lamello factor. There's a plenty of Victorians here who go for other teams. So that yeah. there'll be people who get around their teams and get to see some high quality yeah. basketball. But apparently, apparently the league wants more Melbourne home games so Larry can get an extra 250k on the top of the 600 million that he already had. But, you know, <laughs> let's just rig the whole league to do that. Just it's stupid, stupid comments. But mm. anyway, yeah. Stupid comments, questionable decisions. Oh. In player out of bounds. Mirko Jerek, who's been playing a very, very good season, sitting out. A lot of people assumed, okay, here's the chance we get to see Mojave King. Mm. Mike Kelly says, no, 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 young fella. You're staying on the bench. Thoughts, queries, concerns. I th I'm wondering whether he did this more so because he was playing against the Breakers, knows a couple of the guys being a Kiwi, but I'm still massive on Mojave King. I still think, but his confidence is shot right now. Where does yeah. he fit in? I think it was but his confidence is shot in a team that appeared until last night. Yeah. Shot. Yeah, for sure. Which is which is hard. It's hard as a young fella to get yourself going when your team's not doing well. Giddy's on the opposite mm. opposite spectrum. Adelaide's doing way better than expected. He's getting court time. He's getting all the media. Both of you know, Mojave King and Josh Giddy at the start of the season were, although Giddy was ranked sort of higher and rated higher, they were still on a sort of an even par after Mojave had a really good. Um, after I just slip on my chair, after Mojave <laughs> had a really good preseason. Yeah. So it, it's an interesting one. I think that he's sort of going with the flow of the team at the moment. The team needs to win games. But I liked what I saw from Mike Kelly last night. Took Kuwait Noya after a minute, wasn't happy with something that went wrong, threw George Blagojevich in there, who did really well. Say that again? If he, no, I don't. If he does that, <laughs> if he does that consistently now and realises he's holding everybody accountable, that gives Mojave King confidence of, I could get a shot whenever, I've just got to go in and do my thing. Had a bit of a green light last night, missed a couple of shots, made a nice pull-up jumper, but that's the confidence he needs because he's a terrific player. He's fantastic and he's going to have an NBA career. Yeah. But right now you've got to remember that as much as the man on Twitter thinks that Mojave King should be starting, I probably trust 
the coach that mm. sees him at practice every day and that sort of stuff. Now, do I want him to start? Yes. I want to see him, I want to see him play 40 minutes because I want to see him go to the NBA, yep. which maybe, maybe it may take another year. I'm not sure. But I think that you've got to remember we're four games in. They're but Harvey King, seven games, in. seven games in. Eight games in. <laughs> Eight games in. Nice. Good maths. I was thinking of New Zealand. Yeah. But Harvey King's going to get his opportunity. He's going to have a massive 20-point game this season. I have no doubt about mm. that. But it's just about the time coming. You don't want to throw him out there and then all of a sudden the Cairns lose another game. More pressure comes. Why are they playing the kid? Stuff like that. So I, I'm, I'm, as most times I don't like to sit on the fence, but I do kind of sit on the fence with this. I just want to see him I play. want to see him play, but I also understand that you know there's, maybe there's a bit of reasoning behind not throwing him out into the cauldron. I want to see him play more with Scott Machado. That's my biggest thing. I think they can have a great work together, build that chemistry. He can learn a lot. That's where I want to see him play and whether that is in that starting goal when someone's out. But just give the kid some confidence and that's what we're going to see because we know he's got the talent. We saw it in preseason looking really good. He's good. Very, very, very good. Hot and cold. Adam Ford, the guy that I talk up probably more than any other coach stud. in the league. Absolute stud. Is there a chance? Now, Coach of the Year is one of those awards. It's kind of like the mm. Defensive Player of the Year. Whoever leads the league in blocks gets it. Not as much in the NBL. The NBL's actually given it to Damian Martin, who deserved it for the 100 years in a row that he won it. Yep. But you look in the NBA, it's kind of an award that's done by stats. Coach of the Year. I know Vico won it. Melbourne United finished top, had the yep. most talented league, talented roster in the league. I think he won it twice. Yep, back to Vico back. with that sort of stuff. Usually it just goes to the – the coach has got the best team. Mm. That just seems to be how we work with Coach of the Year. Adam Ford, Sydney could potentially miss finals because they've been ravaged by injury. Not because they're not a good team, but because they've been ravaged by injury. Could Adam Ford, hot or cold, win Coach of the Year if they don't make finals? Cold. Oh. No, I don't. I think if he scrapes in with everything that's happened, I think, and he like comes fourth or whatever, then I think he's a massive champ because of the injuries. I still think you've got to make finals to prove that you can. Right now, you're saw, running with DJ virtually at the head of the ship. But that's what I mean. Casper's quite inconsistent. I love, I trust, I'm a massive fan because not only is he a terrific coach. He rocks a three-piece suit better than anyone I've ever seen. And you love a good suit. I so, do love a good suit. So he is one of the, the best-looking coaches on the side, but he happens to know what he's talking about Okay, well. so he could be on the, he's more likely to be on the cover of GQ than he is Coach of the Year if they don't make the finals. That's what you're saying. Oh, geez, I'd be okay with that. If I, I think he'd be all right. <laughs> I reckon, I reckon yeah. he'd be uh, if, he, if they scrape into the finals with everything that's happened, just scrape in, with even with it, however the losses work, if they happen to have a losing record and finish fourth and get in, I think it's still a big chance because of what the injuries they've gone through. They demolished the uh, the Sixers on the weekend with the way they played with the, what happened. Yeah, and you can see, like, when you watch a team and you're like, okay, this team's winning on talent. Some of Melbourne United's games so far, the game against Perth, they won on talent. Yep. They just had better players at the end of the day. You just you, you slip up for a minute and you're done. That wasn't the case with Sydney. It was just a tactical demolition, yep. good rotations, everything from that standpoint. They're doing everything they can with the group they have. Yep. It's an NBL one team with Casper and Brad Newley <laughs> in a sense. DJ's very, very good, but yep. he's still young, first-year player. Oh, no, I'm, I'm high on it. If he, if he scra- I think he's got to make finals, but again, he's I reckon, a terrific coach. If he, if he continues this and they miss it due to injury, bang, I'd Ooh. still give it to him. Okay. Lace up your shoes, Pete Hawley. Yeah. Oz versus New We're Zealand. In. On the on Feb twentieth, the start in. of the NBL Cup, FIBA. I'm going to go ahead and answer this one for you. Cold. Yeah. It's hot that we might get a chance to play, but it is cold. Why on earth? Yeah. Do they not have social media? Do they not have access to anything? Are they living in the dark? Was this done from a cave in Afghanistan? I have. You might have to shed some more light. I haven't heard too. Much. I just saw the tweets and I saw the. Release. Well, John Casey, very very trusted mm. representative of all sporting news, but who said would? that FIBA? And there was an official release. Yeah. FIBA have organised a qualifying game, which sort of means nothing. These Asian, yeah. these Asia Pacific qualifying games, they just you know sort of just get the hype around FIBA basketball. 
on the 20th, the start of the NBL Cup between Australia and New Zealand. So it's the NBL. Who's playing in that game? Simon Conn, probably. Simon Conn will finally get his money. He won't... Imagine... Getting, well, there's going to be guys that could make their Australian Boomers debut before their NBL debut. <laughs> Can you imagine chance. that that's ever happened? Someone that's never yeah. represented. Who do you who do you go there? Yeah, I don't know. It has to New be. Zealand's probably in a worse position than Australia. All the the breakers are the tall blacks yeah. to an extent. Nah, so I'm very shocked that if that would go. But ahead. it's cold. It's cold from fever. Freezing. But it's going to be hot when we get to see who's in these teams. Your Give phone's me. been ringing. Yeah, it's been ringing with debt collectors, though, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> no, yeah, terrible. They can't go ahead. That's true, but who, let's just have a think about this for a second. Who It'd be an NBL Earth? 1 All-Stars team. It really would be. Or but that's embarrassing mm. because then these games go on Fox Sports and someone's like, oh, I'm going to tune into it. Someone might not be as cluey with basketball as we are. And we're all NBL fans watching a lot of stuff. Let's just say you turn on the TV. Mm. Oh, Australia's playing New Zealand. I've seen a lot of talk online that Australia could medal at the Olympics coming up. I'll tune into this and have a look how they're doing. I'll tell you who could play. Someone hits the side of the damn backboard yeah. from the NBL one. First play of the game against New Zealand, and someone comes down, double dribbles it off their foot, and you're like, oh, my. I don't reckon I'll tune into that if that's the best they've got. That's, it, that's the issue that I have. If it does go ahead, and that's the way it's doing, what, who are you going to see? I reckon I'd love to see. You're going to see Damian Munn. You're going to see um, Greg Hire. You're going to see Tim Conrad. Lucas you're going to see Waxy makes a Walker, comeback. All these guys who freshly retired, the three-on-three guys, throw in there because you need to have someone who's represented Australia before. I don't think it can go ahead. Surely not. It's ridiculous. Reschedule it something. Just just can it all together unless you've given me a contract then maybe we can – because it's a pretty decent little check you get. I think it's like $3,000 you get for wouldn't know. playing in one of these games. Play for Australia a couple of times. Wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah. that'd be going straight over the bar at the Albion after that one. Now, next up, Udai Baba is wasted at Ooh. Melbourne. Leading their plus minus at the moment. Big is time. he being wasted at Melbourne? Waste. Look at that. Look at that. Just the graphic we've got up here. Plus 50. That's huge. Now, of course, Melbourne win. They've won a lot of games, won by a lot of points. Plus 50. Jock Landau, NBA talent. Boomer, Mitch McCarran. Boomer. Joe Lawal. Potential but potential captain from Liam Santa Maria there of the Boomers one day and Jack White, which I think is actually a hot call. We probably should have touched on that. But Yudo Barber is the topic of discussion. The most engaging player, the Japanese fans. Love him. Come for these engagements. Mm. We spoke about that last week. But just from an on-court perspective, we'll touch on that in a bit. Yudai Barber is a sensational talent. Way better than expected. Being wasted at Melbourne? I don't know if he's better than... Uh, if the you, answer's yes. If you're, if you're a basketball lover and you've watched Australia versus Japan and all this kind of stuff, the dude's a jet. Like, he's, yeah, he's, he's a, a well-known commodity, obviously, in Japan and stuff. This is no surprise for everybody who actually knows him. For those who don't, you're getting a great taste of... He is elite. He is an absolute jet, and we see it wasted. I don't know about wasted. It's wasted. It's well, wasted, in my opinion. Now. There's enough injuries. He could be... You know, he could have some big 20-point games, locked out. He could be a starter beast. True. True. On another team. Well, Throw going, him on Adelaide. He might be starting now. Chris Golding's out for a month. So. Chris Golding's out. Throw him on Adelaide. Imagine the highlights then. Yudai Baba goes for 24 points. Mm. There'd be flights coming in from Japan to come and watch him. Oh, we well, have to get that. The NBL weeks. Cup would be before. sold out. <laughs> the hotels would be packed with 14 days quarantine. <laughs> um, he, yeah, he could, you're right. He could It'd start. be great for the league in so many senses if Yudai Baba, I hope he stays. I don't think he will. I think the NBA is going to have a look at these engagements and everything like that. And no, they always no, want to yeah, grow the game. But I also think that he's potentially good enough. Yeah. To well, be over there, but he has been so impressive so far, Udo Barber. The last one. Mm. Now, I saw this one pop up on social media with people questioning when the Boomers teams came out that Sobey didn't make the team mm. with uh, Mitch Norton making it over Sobey. Now, are you saying hot or cold? I want to hear what you've got to say for this one and then I'll spiel my stuff. I mean, based on what we've seen this year from Sobey, he's, he's putting up some big numbers and he's a terrific talent. And that's the unfortunate thing is everyone's saying, well, why is Mitch Norton in there? There's direct comparison. 
I don't know. Does it have something to do with the fact that if Bryce gets his citizenship, they just switch him, Bryce and Mitch? I don't know. Is that what it is? Uh, no, that's that. I think that is an absolutely terrible statement. Oh, I, I I'm no just chance. reading. You don't have to switch it out with a player from the same. Well, I'm just team reading. Um, yeah, well, I'm telling you what I've been reading online. I read a lot of stuff. Um, I've read a lot of stuff online that can't be repeated on here as well. Yeah, but Mitch Norton is a guy who's played in Australia before. You want people who just did play their roles well. He's gonna he's gonna make life hard for everybody at the camp. He's a great defender. He's a great floor leader. That's my thing. Oh, this, is a, this is a squat. Yeah, stop yeah. talking, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Von Hoff Late Show. Don't be so rude and disrespectful. Sorry, Sorry sir. I was about to Sorry, speak. sir. Mitch McCarron, better defender by a mile, in my yep. opinion, than Sobey. Sobey, if I'm starting an NBL team today, do I want not Mitch McCarron? So Mitch Norton. If I'm starting an NBL team today, an NBL team, would I take Sobey or Norton? Mm. I'd take Sobey in a heartbeat. Mm. A heartbeat. I'd probably pay him twice as much. Mm. But you know what? This is a training camp. In all... Reality, neither of those guys I think are making, with the amount of NBA talent we've got, neither of them are making yep. the boomers for Tokyo. The role players don't need to be scored. The role players, you've, you need a role player at camp. No mm. nonsense. Mitch, Mitch Norton, just come in, D your ass up full court. Yep. Bang. Because you know what? When you've got Patty Mills and stuff in camp and guys like this, they probably don't want to be expending all their energy just dogging guys on the defensive end. Yep. You get a guy like that, you don't want to be having someone like Nathan Sobey who's a scorer, yep. a pure scorer that can put up 30 points in the NBL if he wants. He's going to come into that camp potentially be taking shots from a guy like Patty Mills, Josh Green, where they really want to see how they fit in the offense. Yep. So if you've got the choice between two guards for a training camp, you're obviously going to go with the defensive-orientated player. It's not a knock on Sobey. Everyone has their different skill sets. Unfortunately for Sobey, his skill set doesn't quite suit what they need here because they've got so much scoring talent or his NBA scoring talent in that group. Mitch Norton just slots in there. Mate, you've said a lot of crap in your life. That's spot on. You've, spot on. you've absolutely <laughs> described that perfectly. I've got nothing more to add. That is exactly the reason why he's in there. Easy. Well, I'll tell you what, the reason he had to uh, end that one pretty quick is Peter Hooley's got to go return that shirt to Cotton on before it closes. But anyway, that is all from Trash Talk. We will see you next week, which I think may be no. NBL Cup time. Ooh. Something may be in the works as well there. Stay tuned to Twitter. See ya. And please remember, gamble responsibly.